You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Last Sunday night, I saw the time was getting away from me, and I had some notes written down. I want to tell you this. In closing, I, I immediately after church convicted about it, and I want to just give you those four or five things before we get to the message tonight. I'm talking to pastors now that are watching the missionaries around the globe. And I'm talking to Christians. We talked about the world. My question to you, number one, pastor, is anything worldly? Is anything worldly? Now, God said there's a world where to avoid the world and not love the world. But question, pastor, is anything worldly? We see last week that everything that God has, Satan has a mirror. Uh, preaching, uh, the Bible, uh, we have a Bible that's been preserved, uh, infallible and uh, preserved word of God. And yet there's, uh, uh, ushers bring folks on in, please. And, and yet there's, there's those books that are not the Bible. Music. God has music. We heard it tonight from that very first choir number to that second choir number, to the ladies singing, to the family singing, to the fellows singing, uh, to the special. We heard every one of them, and the songs that we sang. It, it, it's, there's godly music, and then there's worldly music that's in the church. There's dress that's worldly dress, and I, I mean, there has to be. There has to be a modest dress, and there has to be worldly. And so I ask you, pastor, is anything worldly? Secondly, I ask you if there is, what is it? Pastors, we're losing America, we're losing the world. What is it? What is worldly? We've allowed the world to invade our churches. My third question to God's people and to preachers, if there is something that's worldly, and we identified this is worldly, when was the last time you stood up and called it by name? This is not calling it by name. I'm against sin. Pastor, you're a shepherd. I love being a shepherd. I can't imagine what God will take that away from me. I cannot be a shepherd. I was created to be a shepherd. I love being a shepherd. But, but I do know this. I'm so loved by the sheep. Oh, we have so many stray sheeps, uh, sheep, and, and, and they can say and do anything they want, and it's so cutting and so hurtful. I'm thinking, how, how can you do this? I've tried to protect your life and love your life, and then all of a sudden we become the enemy for telling you the truth. But I'm not willing for you to go through life not knowing what is worldly. That's why I identify it. That's why I tell us about it. That's why I talk about it. And I know it doesn't sit on ears that are open and, 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 and hearts that are receptive, but I'm still going to call it. Pastor, you owe that to your people. You're the shepherd. Parents, you owe it to your kids. You're the shepherd. They're not the shepherd. They, they're, they're simple, the Bible calls them. 
That means they're inexperienced. You're prudent. That means you've had the experience of life. Your teenager does not know how to make decisions, major decisions for their lives. Well, I'm just going to let them decide. No. You're the parent. You have to make those decisions. Make them with them. Yes, we're trying to uh, raise them to release them. I understand that. And I don't believe at 18 you just dump them off. Okay, you've raised. No, but you're going to have to help guide them. My son, hear the instruction of a father. Dad, are you saying, this is, this is how we're going to live. This is how we treat women. This is how we stand when they walk in the room. This is how we're polite. This is how we speak to your sisters. This is how we speak to your mother. Are you teaching that, Father? And I have to ask the fourth question. Are there any worldly Christians? Of course, the answer is yes. My next question is, lovingly, do you separate from them? Two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. I know of people tonight that are not going to be in this church a year from now because you're hanging around the wrong crowd. You're always connecting with people that have a problem and have a, 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 a problem with the things of God and against church and against you know, North Valley and North Valley, Golden State and the Christian school. What are you doing? He that walketh a wise man shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Why do we flee to people that are anti-everything you're trying to have with your family? So we have the second message of the battle tonight. The battle's the world. Look, at the Bible says, love not the world. Neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world. And tonight, our second one, the lust, the cravings of the flesh. Flesh, flesh in the Bible is the sensuous nature of man. Man is bent, mankind, women, man, we are bent on wanting to do wrong. It is the cravings that incite sin. And God says, you're going to have to die to your flesh. Flesh has a craving. I want to do this. I, uh, where, where's your mind? What you think about it? In a, a lot of times we think it's adultery and fornication. What, what about fear? What about anger? What about hopelessness? It's given over to the flesh. Everything's hopeless. Everything is negative. Everything can't be done. That, that's sin too. That's flesh. Some folks, their name should be Chief Rain Cloud because everything is about impossibility. My God's a God of the possible and the impossible sensual nature of man, the craving of man. It's really elevating self. God says you're going to have to understand the flesh is wicked. When I got saved, I got saved and my destination changed, but my old nature is still the old nature. My old nature wants to live for Jack. I want it my way. I want to do it my way. I want to have this. I'm going to do this. That's your way as well. Say, well, boy, that sure does describe you. That describes you too. We are bent on getting our own way. That's why a child can be raised in a good Christian home and deliberately hurt a parent 
or a mother or a father and, and, and lie right to them and break their heart because they want their way. You've restricted me all these years. It's pretty bad life having to live without getting drunk and high on drugs. And it's pretty hard life trying to live that way, isn't it? I thank God that I had a dad that had enough character to try to teach us to do right, to love the house of God and love the Bible and love mother and love dad and love the church and love Jesus and love Sunday school and love singing hymns and songs at home. I'm glad I had a dad that wanted me to have all those things. Oh, yes. Especially in high school in this area in the 60s, I wanted to smoke. I wanted to drink. I wanted to experience the movie house. I wanted to run. I wanted to do those things. I felt like I was sometimes left out because I didn't get to do those things. I sat at the bus stop, I stood at the bus stop and saw everybody around there smoking but Jack and my sister Jill. You know, when we live for the flesh, it's all about my happiness, my looks, my appearance. It is being self-absorbed with yourself don't care who I hurt. Don't care about the example I set to my younger brother, my younger sister. Don't care about the example I'm setting for my cousin. Don't care about the, the hurt that I'm bringing to my dad, my mother. One of the great difficulties of pastoring the church so long as I have here is to watch people, parents, get so hurt by a child Yet they drag themselves to the house of God and they still sing and they still lift a hand and they still praise God and they still tithe and they still go soul winning and all through a broken heart. I have so many people that I pray for and for many for years and this dear boy, I love him, but he's an alcoholic. And this dear boy, he's an alcoholic. And this one's a drug addict. And this one is out of church. And this one just blames the church on everything. And this young lady over here is so vile and so nasty and so dirty. And this one is a, she's a, a, she's a, a bartender. She, this one works in a bar. No clothes on. And the dear young lady, how could... Why, why would you choose? I think of these people I pray for that are away from God. I'm not mad at them. I'm just, as a shepherd, I'm so heartbroken because we give way, and all of us do so easily to the flesh. I think so many people in their life verses, every man did that which was right in his own eyes, Judges 17, 6. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, tonight, in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, you have the flesh mentioned 12 times. You have the spirit mentioned 21 times. Tonight, you're going to choose and I'm going to choose if it's going to be the spirit of the flesh. Chapter 7 deals with the flesh and the spirit and sin and it's warning myself. Let's go back, if you will, please. Verse number Verse number 15 of chapter 7, for that which I do I allow not, what I would, uh, would that I do not, but that I hate, this I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that is good. Now it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. 
Now verse 20, if I do that which I would not, is no more I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find a law when I would do good, evil is present with me. I see another law, verse 23, another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing into my captivity the law of sin, which is my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. There's a battle going on. Doing right and doing wrong. The Spirit of God in flesh. There's a battle for every single person in this room. That's why the writer of Hebrews tells us, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. I'm not going to announce my life, and I would not want you to announce, but according to that scripture, we all have sin that easily derails us. Sin might be, not, not maybe another man or woman, it, it might be gossip, it might be anger, it might be, it might be tattletaling, it might be, but we all have it. And there's going to be a war to the day you die. And Paul says here in chapter number 8, verse number 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the, uh, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let's read verse 8 together. Ready? Begin. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Don't you find it? I do. Oh, I want, I want to please God. I get up with that desire. I want to please Him. I want to glorify Him. But the flesh gets so weak. I don't think of this. I can't, but, but maybe it's a, a driver that is driving too slow. We're trying to get on the freeway where they're putting this new $75 million overpassing over here, and I'm glad they're doing it. And some drivers just puts it around, and then at the last minute, they slam on the brakes. Well, my flesh doesn't like that because it's all about Jack's, the way he likes to drive. I don't know why you women, I don't know why people do that. It's not you women, you're probably better drivers than men. But God says, Jack, when you're in your flesh, you cannot please God. We had the joy of having three children in our home. I, I love our, we love our kids. I love them so, I think about them all. They're, Tiffany's been out of our home longer than she was ever in our home. They're all that way about now. And I miss our kids and grandkids and those that are here, I wanna be with them more. But, but you know, I, I know Tabitha's here. I remember one time I had to come to her and, apologize and you remember the event after great events you know the devil works on you after great pastors conferences after great occasions uh, it, that's how it was with Elijah and that's how it was with Peter and that's you know it's an amazing thing we had pastors conference and Thursday night we finished it off years ago and on Friday night, it was just Tabitha and her mom and me, and I said, we're ready for family Bible time. And I remember Tabitha, I think you were probably a senior at the time in high school, and she's always been such a, all of our kids, just been sweet, obedient, kind to their dad and mom. 
And she said, Dad, I'm kind of busy right now. I said, well, go, go ask Mom to come. I think you start there. Ask Mom. She was out doing laundry in the garage. And Mom sent word back in, I'm busy. And that's when Tabitha said, I'm kind of busy right now too. I said, fine. Try to lead my family into Bible time. We're all too busy. And I didn't, I didn't live that way. Tabitha could maybe tell you differently. And that night, we all went to bed. It was quiet. I went to bed. I knew I was right. They were wrong. They're not, they're not spiritual. I was. I was reading my family the Bible. Next morning, we got up, and I sort of, I knew they were still wrong. I forget where, did I see you at school, Tabitha, or was you got home from school? I remember it was at, I was on the, on the driveway, we were playing ball, she came, and I said, Tabitha, I, I was so wrong. I was so, so wrong to you. Please forgive me. I went to my wife. I said, Cindy, I was wrong. She goes, yes, you were. <laughs> she didn't say that. I know another time, I, I, one other time, I got frustrated with the kids. We, we were in the car. I forget what happened, but I, we got home. I immediately got them together. I said, I was wrong. I, 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 don't, I don't ever want to come across like I'm this... Sometimes I think you put a pastor on a pedestal that he never says, never does anything. I, I look at like Paul, oh, wretched man. Brother Cooper, you know how it is when you get towards Sunday. I think, Lord, if you need to take me home, get me out of the way, I'm, I'm ready to go. I just, I, I can't preach to those people. Turn with me to Romans 13, please. We're all fight the flesh. 13, 14, would you read 13, 14 with me? Romans 13, 14, ready, begin. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing how we will create an environment to fulfill our, our sin. There are so many men of God in this room today perhaps elementary boys in junior high and high school and college, men of God, that you're gonna, God's going to call you to the ministry. But you're going to have to learn how to deny yourself of the flesh. God says don't make any provision for flesh. I mentioned last Sunday night that I, I gave up watching TV alone when I was on the East Coast it had to be close to almost 40 years ago and something came up and there wasn't cable, tape, cable TV and it, I went to go brush my teeth, came back out and there was some porn on, I guess. There was some nakedness on. And I shut it off immediately and I fell at the end of that bed and began to weep. I called my wife. We didn't have cell phones. I called her and said, Cindy, I, here's what happened. I didn't mean to. It was just there. But I'm going to promise you now, I'll never forget what she said. I promise you now, I will never watch a television alone ever in my life again. And she said, well, I don't know if you need to do that. I do. But 
Because, Colonel, you know what scared me? That time, I didn't want to see it. And that time, I felt so dirty. It was just a second. Just, I just saw it there. I shut it off. And that time, I had a real... But what about the next time when I would not be as convinced it's wrong? What is it that, that you're playing with in your life? It's sin. What is it that so easily besets you? Notice what the Bible says if you go to Galatians chapter 5. God lists for us 19 sins of the flesh. And it says in verse 16, let's read verse 16, 5, 16, Galatians 5, 16, ready, begin. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. You see, my, my job, stay right there, please. My job is all day long to walk in the Spirit of God. And when I, with the Spirit, and when I stumble, I get overwhelmed with, with just the, the enormous difficulties of life, people's lives, and it just obsesses my heart. And I get overwhelmed with it. I begin to get discouraged with it. I have to go with the Spirit of God and say, now I'm thinking about this and it's negative. And God, that will keep him in perfect peace. Mind is stayed on the God, get my mind back on the Word of God, back on the things of God. He says, walk in the Spirit. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another. If ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now we're talking about the flesh, and so what, are, what is the flesh? The works of the flesh are manifest, publicly declared. They're these. Adultery, well, we know what that is. Fornication, we know what that is. Uncleanness, a dirty, everything's dirty, nasty. Lasciviousness, that's just a word that means no shame. Yeah, I hit my wife around, I slap her around, but I, you know what? She's got it coming. Okay, yes, I drink a little bit. Once in a while I get drunk, but you know what? I have to do that, calm my nerves. There's no shame. When we can sin and there's no guilt and no shame, it's because the Holy Spirit of God is not within us. Romans 8, 9. If there's not conviction, you're none of His. That's what the Bible says. He goes on to say, idolatry, placing anything above God. It may be money, it may be job, it may be travel, it may be toys, it might be, I don't know what it is. Witchcraft, you know that's that Greek word pharmakia, where we get the word pharmacy, which means drugs. And from Washington to see on down, they're, they're legalizing every type of illicit drug, giving needles away to drug addicts, bringing dope to people, and, 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 and drugs, witchcraft, and hatred. Hatred is that which you're always challenging. You've got to be right on. You challenge everybody. It's my way or the highways. Uh, shut up, sit, sit down. It's my way, little woman. It's my way, uh, uh, son. It's my way, husband. What's that about? That's hatred. 
and seditions, that's creating divisions and heresies. Uh, that's where we have cliques and envy and murders, and drunkenness and revelings, grudges and, and, and luxury pleasure for myself. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. When we have this fruit of the Spirit, we don't have fear and anger and animosity. It's love. If you don't have love for people, love for those that hate you and despise you and bless you and men shall revile you, persecute you and sell all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Great is your reward in heaven. You bless it so well, I'll try to wrap it up. Peace. That inner calm that only can come from God and long-suffering and gentleness. Sir, are you gentle with your wife? I think you all know I stand here, especially the first few songs, and we're standing and I always scan as I did this morning the balcony, both levels. I'm watching people. Watching who's here and who's not here. I watch how they sing. I watch how couples sit next to one another. That's not always the same. I come over here on this side and I come down here and I'm watching. And almost every service, I have to think, I believe that woman, I believe that woman is being slapped around or verbally abused by that husband. I believe he is. I'm not a lot of things. I, I don't even know how to turn a computer on. You folks are so smart compared to me. But the one, one area I, I do have strength is I know people. I've passed a lot of people for 50 years almost now. You can't pastor that many people, thousands of people, without watching. I generally can call it. I try not to bring my wife, and I try the older I get to, and I've tried to not bother with, but sometimes I say, well, you need to pray for that couple, something's wrong. Sometimes she can always call it before me, she said, something's wrong there. And I might tell you, she's never been wrong. Something's not right. Flesh says, I'll do it my way. I have more to give you in scripture and First Peter, Second Peter, but for the sake of time. Let me just stay here in Galatians 5, verse 24. And they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. You see, the flesh shows up, Exodus 32, in our music, in our dress, in our attitude. It's an empty person that tries to draw a man in with her eye, his eye gate, with, with her dress. It's an empty person. Read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. It's an empty person. It's a person who's shallow. It's a person that, that does not have any confidence who she is. So she has to draw men in with her appearance. It is an empty person, a weak, needy person 
who has to, I'm all for weightlifting. But when you're weightlifting, they wear a t-shirt that's 10 times too small for you fellas. That's a needy person. It's a needy person. It has to all be about me. And we all are about us. Love not the world. All that's in the world. The lust of the flesh. The battle's the flesh tonight. One, recognize the flesh. Please recognize it. Recognize where you are weak in the flesh and recognize where I'm weak. I wish I could say you grow out of it. The flesh is always flesh. Fear is always fear. And we know growing grace and all that. But don't ever realize, don't ever think that the devil's going to give up. He'll come back just another way. He always comes back. Recognize the flesh. Rebel against the flesh. Refuse it. Say, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going to do it. So we recognize the flesh, we rebel against the flesh, and we remind ourselves of the flesh. Don't ever let your guard down. And I would say reminisce on the flesh. I try to do it throughout the day. Now, Lord, in these morning hours have I sinned against you. In these afternoon hours, at the night, I try to lay down and ponder, God, is there anything I haven't confessed to you? See, confession doesn't forgive it. It's already forgiven. It's under the blood. Confession restores fellowship, not sonship. I want to be so right with God. I've given you this illustration many times that if tonight one of my family members calls me, there's 22, and my wife and I, our immediate family, with our children and their mates and our grandchildren. You know, if I get a call tonight that so-and-so's been rushed to the hospital when your grandkids or your kids or their mates, I hope I'm a, brother, brother Whitlow, I hope I'm on praying ground. I don't want anything between my Lord and my Savior. So as you remember that night, your dear husband had that massive heart attack in the hospital on a Friday night. I wish I could say I was a perfect pastor back then, but when I got to that hospital, I felt like I was right with God. We had somebody that we loved that needed prayer. It's coming up in November. My, 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 our, our, our perfect sister, my sister and I were the last two left in our family. And our, our sister Judy just on election night rolled over in bed about three in the morning, made a sound and was gone immediately. Just gone. You see your sister in a coffin that you, I remember playing in the sand pile with her. I remember her playing the organ as a little girl and my sister on the piano. My dad bought me a used trumpet. I played that. And to see her lying there, 
I want reverence every night. I will tonight, Lord. Do I? Was I harsh to anybody today? Can I use the pulpit? God, please, I've always begged God, don't let me use it as a whipping station. It's not fair to God's people. You should have equal time if I'm abusive. And that's in order five. Let's reject the flesh. Just crucify the flesh. Kill the flesh. The Bible says mortify the flesh. The flesh deaden it like the dentist takes that Novocaine and deadens the tooth. Don't beat yourself up. You're going to face the flesh tomorrow, and so will I. That's why you need to pray for me and my wife. And I need to pray for you. Because some of you work in places that are good jobs, but lousy environment. I have to pray that God would give you real grace not to yell, not get mad, and not to stumble on the pathway of life. I come to work where to, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock we'll be in prayer together. I have an easy environment compared to you. I have an environment where I can put on the door, pastor studying and praying, and nobody can come in. You don't have that privilege. But let's leave here tonight with the desire I want to be right with my family and my God and with myself. And when you fail, which we all do, get it confessed immediately. This is a difficult message for me tonight. Because I look at who you folks are. I can't imagine a more perfect church in all the world. I can't imagine it. You're such good people. My heartache is that you have to face the flesh like I have to face it. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.